worship together, I wanted you all to hear from some of our high school students who returned from New Orleans last week, and they were just a little bit tired last weekend, so we want to give them a little break, and maybe even a week to kind of kind of digest everything that they saw and did. And so I'm going to ask the students that, uh, that Justin had talked to to come up and share uh, what they experienced while they were in New Orleans. I'll let you hand that to them if you want. So come on up. While they're coming up, you know, welcome them all to the stage. Embarrass them real good. <laughs> While they're coming up, um, we, the high school ministry, got a chance to go to New Orleans, Louisiana a couple of, week, couple of weeks ago, weekends ago, and um, had an amazing experience. We, uh, our eyes were opened um, to uh, a part of our country that's not so far away, and yet it felt like we were, we were in another, in Europe, where we felt like we were just far away because we couldn't, I, I, I've been to New Orleans before, it was pre-Katrina, and uh, you just can't believe it, people talk about Katrina down there like it's World War II, like it's every conversation you have is pre-Katrina, post-Katrina, everything they say, it's like, well, pre-Katrina, this used to be a, a restaurant here, and it's gone now, and, and pre-Katrina, this neighborhood, used, this used to be a neighborhood, now it's rubble, and that kind of thing, and really broken city. Um, homeless population is, uh, we're going to hear about hopefully in a sec, but uh, just uh, unbelievable. And we just got to do all sorts of, con uh, so all sorts of um, projects and be a part of uh, some, some small part of the healing of that city. But uh, we, uh, we were grateful for our church to send us there. Uh, you're going to hear from Bree Sayer, Zach Johnson, and Avery Sermons, probably in that order. But uh, I'll let them share. Okay. Well. I'm Bree. Um, going to New Orleans, this was my first mission, mission trip ever. And uh, so that was really exciting. And I'm really glad I got to have that opportunity because uh, one of the things Justin told us was that, you know, we're, we're closest to God and we're going to hear from him the most when we're, you know, serving him and doing his work. And uh, that was really true f for me because. You know, I definitely heard God, and one of the things he, he helped me with uh, definitely was getting out of my comfort zone, because uh, one of the things that we did was called Urban Plunge. If you've never heard of it, you know, we, uh, we go out into the streets of New Orleans, and we uh, give out water, snacks, and if they'll allow us, you know, we'll share the gospel with people, you know, on the streets, or pray with them and pray for them, um, and that was something that really kind of scared me, and I wasn't really comfortable with and I was like because you don't know what to expect you know how people are going to react and so I was like very uncomfortable with that and but God just spoke to me and he gave me the realization that you know this isn't about me this isn't about how it's going to make me feel this is about doing this is about him this is about doing his works and you know his people and um, that definitely you know, just changed my whole perspective on the whole entire week. You know, if I hadn't have um, been humbled by that, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, just let go and allow God to work through me. And um, so that was, that was a real blessing. And, you know, it, it gave me the opportunity to, uh, you know, go out and even meet with like some of the kids at the block party or a sports camp, you know, he allowed me to 
just not focus on me, but just focus on the relationships I was making with these people, even for a short time, and the impact it was going to have. So that was really exciting. And, you know, even that, you know, forgetting about me and forgetting and just focusing on God, it, it still carries into, like, now. Because when Justin asked me, you know, do you want to share your testimony? Like, immediately I said no. I was like, I don't want to do that. But <laughs> I can't do crowds. But, you know, God was like, you know, what did I just teach you? You know, this isn't about you. This isn't about, you know, what people are thinking. It's about sharing what God's done. And so that's just what, one of the things God was helping me through this week, that week. Um, it was, it, was, it was a really great experience, and we had a wonderful group of leaders, and it was, it was really good. Thank you. Um, hi, my name is Zach Johnson. I'm a rising senior here, and this is um, my third mission trip I've been on with the church. And um, New Orleans was definitely um, a step out of, you know, whatever we've done before in the past. Um, it's a really eclectic kind of city. Um, a lot of different kinds of people, a lot of different kinds of walks of life. But um, I think uh, the most impacting moment on this mission trip for me is um, we had various places where we went and served. Uh, we served at a children's camp, which was like a sports camp for kids in that area, that neighborhood. We did um, church rehabilitation or like house rehabilitation. That's just construction work and just um, renewing what's you know old or dilapidated. And then um, our last one was uh, Urban Plunge, and that's just, like Bree said, was taken to the streets and um, giving homeless or really anyone that looked thirsty, you know, a water bottle or snacks. And I think um, the most profound area of service we did for me was um, Urban Plunge, because um, it was when you're the most vulnerable, you're going out in love and kindness and asking people if um, you can give them things, like whether that be water or prayer. And... Um, you're completely exposed, so I mean, they can shut you down real quick, or they can um, accept your offer. And um, most times they would accept, you know, either, even if it was with a little bit of, you know, hesitation. But, um, you know, there were times where we were, uh, you know, pinned up against and where we were, you know, made to feel like fools for being Christians. But um, in the end, we had to just to remind ourselves, you know, where we were at and that the God we serve is very real and that, you know, he is the main driving force behind us going and going to these people in love. And I think that's also another thing that really gave me hope and peace after even being shut down was that I know I went, to, went forward to these people in love and in kindness and just wanting to serve them. So even if they didn't want that, I know that, you know, at least I was accomplishing something by planting that seed in them. And um, the entire experience was just great. Like Justin said, um, a lot of people have kind of forgotten that, you know, Katrina was such a huge factor in that city's, you know, right now, like, regrowth. Like, it took, it's taking several years for it to get back on its feet. And, um, you know, Katrina was a big deal when it happened, but a lot of people have, you know, soon forgotten about it just because, I mean, they've gotten on their feet a little bit, but it's still really terrible conditions in some parts of town, the ones that were hit the worst. But, um... It was just a blessing to go and serve and to uh, experience a place like New Orleans. Um, it's something that you know I'm sure none of the youth will ever forget. It was uh, fantastic. We had fantastic leaders. 
um, AIM was the organization we went through, and it was also fantastic in setting up our, uh, our meals, our places to sleep, um, where we served. And so um, we just, when we were finished, we just thanked God for the blessing to go and um, serve the people of New Orleans and to get to better know him in the process. So thanks. Hey, I'm Avery Sermons. Uh, I just graduated from Lowndes High School, so this was my last mission trip as a First United Methodist Church youth, but hopefully next year I'll come back as a chaperone or our college ministry starting up. So, uh, But yeah, this was definitely probably my favorite mission trip we've gone on uh, because it was just so like real and humbling experience. Uh, Bree and Zach mentioned Urban Plunge, where we just went downtown New Orleans and we just like sat down with some homeless people or just people on the side of the street and just talked to them about God. And we also did uh, a sports camp um, during the week every day, and kids from the local neighborhood, which come from really bad backgrounds, would just come and we just uh, play with them for the, during the day, and like we'd have like a little Bible study. Uh, around lunch and then towards the end of the day and afterwards we'd just like get to a kid would like find a youth and we'd just sit down with them and just like talk about what's going on in their life and uh, maybe in, maybe even pray for them if they wanted us to so it was really cool because we got to actually forge really close relationships with some of the kids so it was really hard leaving but not only uh, did we get closer with the kids in New Orleans but it was really cool seeing our youth group which was so big like 41 kids came so of course like there's people from like all over uh Valdosta but we came together and it just we're all just like one big family now and it's just really cool being able to work with some of the younger kids so uh I know that they're gonna be good leaders here uh in the coming years but um it really was hard uh going out to just talk to complete strangers um about the gospel at first but you know, the more we did it, the more people you talked to, I just started realizing that, you know, it's really, it was really easy. It's not that hard, I, and it got me wondering, like, why don't I do this back in Valdosta all the time? Why am I not, like, always so, like, gung-ho about sharing my uh, relationship with Christ? So I just, that's kind of what God put on my heart during the week, that, um, you know, it's just doing a little thing can really uh, change somebody's day, and, you know, maybe... Uh, change their view on uh, Christianity or whatever. So, uh, yeah, we just had a great week, and, you know, I could tell you guys a lot of cool stories about it, but I'd be up here talking forever, so we're just going to get to the worship. So thank you guys for having us. I come from Earth, a planet of outlaws. My name is Peter Quill. There's one other name you might know me by. Star-Lord. Who? Well, Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw. Guys? Forget it. So here we are. Thief, two thugs, an assassin, and a maniac. 
but we're not gonna stand by as evil wipes out the galaxy. I guess we're stuck together. Partners. Are you telling me the fate of 12 billion people is in the hands of these criminals? Oh, yeah. the guardians of the galaxy this might not be the best idea good morning that's a little loud sorry I project I'm loud Okay, so we're in, we're, we're in our fourth uh, week of our Summer at the Movie series. I love this movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, who's seen the movie? Who's seen the movie? Those of you with your, without your hands raised, you're missing out. You need to experience this wonderful Marvel comic book that originated in 1969. And uh, it uh, kind of fizzled at some point, and then they rebooted it in 2008 with the cast that you see in the movie. Um, it started out very different than it, than it did originally. Um, but of course, it, it, the movie came out last year at worldwide success and it raised, uh, raised, it made a lot of money. Anybody have, a, anybody, any, any uh, statistic geeks out there know how much money it made? Just say millions, that's all you gotta say. Billions, right? Maybe, I don't know. Anyway, Side note on this, it's Marvel. There are a lot, there's lots of crossover, by the way, from Guardians to other well-known Marvel comics and, and characters such as the X-Men and also the Avengers. And Marvel has a master plan, people. They have a master plan. All these movies will connect eventually. See, they're smart. It's, it's just, uh, they're doing it right. So you will eventually see the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers and X-Men and all these people in one movie, which would just be awesome. And I'll be, you know, 60 by the time they come out, but I'm looking forward to it nevertheless. It'll take a long time. All right, main characters. Let me introduce you guys to, for those of you who do not know, the Guardians of the Galaxy. The leader, the head honcho, yeah, Peter Quill, also known as Star-Lord. Also known to very little, very few people, apparently. Star-Lord, right? He says, he keeps saying that, you know me, you, sh you might know me by this other name, Star-Lord. And he's like, what, who? But, you know, and he's very, yeah, thank you for the impression. That was good. And uh, they're like, who? I don't know who Star-Lord is. And he's basically a thief. He's a hired uh, mercenary who basically goes and steals valuable stuff and flips it, 
Kind of like Ben does. Ben. Like Ben. That's it. Peter Quill is Ben. But, but Ben doesn't steal stuff. I just want you guys to know. He doesn't steal anything. He pays top dollar or bottom dollar for it. And then he flips it, makes some money. That's what, basically what Ben does. That's Peter Quill. So he, he goes and he finds these valuables and he flips them and makes a lot of money. He's, he's, uh, he's in with this little... Um, this band of junkers, basically, and they go search the galaxy for all these cool gadgets and things. And um, one of the things that Peter Quill finds in his travels at the very beginning of the movie is something of more value than anybody could ever know. Um, then you have Gamora, and she is a trained assassin. She is, at, she is the daughter, the adopted daughter of a guy named Thanos, which is the main bad guy in the Avengers movies. See how it's crossing over all of a sudden? And like, he's this big purple dude, and he's bad. We don't know what he can do yet, but we're, we're going to find out next Avengers movie, I'm sure. And Gamora has been sent uh, to find this orb that Peter Quill has happened upon in his travels of stealing things, and she's to get it back. Now, Thanos, it's going to go over your head for just a second. I'm going to geek out on you. Drew, you'll, you'll, you'll stay with me. Daniel, you'll stay with me. Other people, you guys will stay with me. Stay with me. Thanos has this little do-boy crony named Ronan. And Ronan decides to take it upon himself to wipe out the entirety of this planet called Xandar and any other planet that decides that they don't like Ronan. And he, Ronan, gets a hold of this orb, and what's inside it is an infinity stone. Basically, it gives him the power to wipe out humanity or any kind of other creature anywhere, anytime. So Gamora has been sent to retrieve this. The next guy we want to talk about, the next two people, they're a duo. They're a pair. I am Groot. Very good. I am Groot. Big tree looking dude named Groot, right? And then this little raccoon humanoid thing, Rocket Raccoon. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just, you can preach this sermon for me if you want to, brother. I got the notes right here. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Rocket and Groot, there they are. They're kind of a pair. And what they do is they go around looking to make some money. That's all they want to do. And bless you, Sydney. Somebody get her a Benadryl or tissue at least. I got boogie wipes up here. You want them? Okay. You guys don't know who boogie wipes is. If you have children, you know. Uh, well, small children. Okay. So Groot and Rocket are looking. Rocket's got this little tablet thing, and he's looking around, and he's got in this crowd of people on this planet, Xandar, and he's looking around for people he can, you know, uh, steal stuff from or make money off of or capture and, you know, give to. And he finds there's a bounty on Peter Quill's head, of course, and he's like, whoa, what'd this guy do? And he's going to make some money off of him. So Groot goes, they go and try to capture him. This is where all the Guardians intersect. They break a bunch of laws. They break a bunch of stuff, and they end up in this prison, and they meet the biggest, baddest dude, Drax the Destroyer, played by none other than WWE wrestler Dave Batista. Anybody know who Dave Batista is? Big dude. Anyway, I know. I geek out on that kind of stuff. They, and they, so they meet Drax, and they're here, and they are trying to get out because they realize as they're in there that this orb this infinity stone has been has been taken by this guy Ronan who wants to wipe out everybody and everything so they devise a plan 
Rocket apparently, Rock and Groot apparently have break, broken out of every prison they've ever been in. So he, he's like, you know, messing with gadgets and things and bombs and things. And they, you know, they rig it to where they get out. And uh, by the way, Groot is bo- voiced by Vin Diesel. You know, that's, that's appropriate for him. Doesn't have to act much so he can just say I am Groot every few scenes and he's okay. Sorry, Vin Diesel, if you ever listen to the podcast, I apologize. Rocket Raccoon is, 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 uh, is voiced by Bradley Cooper, if you didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, so I, what I did was is I, I wanted to kind of call out some faith lessons that, I, that, I, that really kind of spoke to me in, in watching this movie. It's a hilarious movie, a lot of, a lot of comedy, a lot of action. But I, had, I, I found some faith lessons in here that I think that all, they'll do us all good and will really speak to us this morning. Um, the first thing that I found as a faith lesson to this movie is God uses misfits. God uses misfits. He loves to use the broken down, the cast aside, the exile, the bum, the people that fly under the radar. God loves to use misfits. Anybody will admit they're a misfit in here? Not many. By the way, whether you admit it or not, there is a time in all of our lives, you may be in it now, you may be on the horizon of it, and you may be saying, looking back at your middle school days going, wow, what a misfit I was. All of us know how it feels to be misfits, don't we? We do. Yes, you can nod now. Yes, you do know how it feels to be misfits. We are all, listen, we are all misfits the good news is God uses misfits Jesus had a knack for calling together and grouping up calling to himself the misfits the exiles in Psalm 147 verses 2 and 3 it says the Lord builds up Jerusalem he gathers together the outcast of Israel he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Now, in Luke chapter 5, we see Jesus draw together and pull together a, a group of misfits, his disciples, his inner circle, his best friends. They were all misfits. They were fishermen. They were tax collectors no one liked. They were tent makers. They were low on the totem pole people. And, and Jesus decides they are worth redemption. And Jesus decides not only that, that they are worth purpose. And they are worth his ultimate purpose, which is to change the entire course of human history through a bunch of rejects, a bunch of misfits. God uses misfits. Jesus called the disciples to himself. They, were all sorts of, they, they had all sorts of jobs. Some of them didn't have jobs. Some were bums. They just had no purpose, no drive, no direction in life. But they were called out by Jesus according to his purposes, and those outcasts eventually changed everything. We wouldn't be sitting here without those 12 outcasts. Think about that. The second faith lesson I learned from this movie is that everyone has a need to belong. Everyone. You know, um, this little band of, of misfits... They, um, they were scattered. They kind of had their own agenda. 
and you see them fighting, you know, in the beginning. And, but eventually, something weird happens. They couldn't be more different. And I, and I think, uh, I kind of think back to our youth group and the mission trip we just went on. You couldn't get a more different set of kids together in close quarters for a week than we had. And yet, as Avery said, something happened when you're in close quarters for five, six days. You become a family because you, you're not united by what you like that the other person likes, by your, inter- your common interest. You're united by the cross of Christ. You're united by Jesus himself. That's what brings, that's what brought us together, right, guys? Yes, that's a, that's a, that's a nod. But everyone has a need to belong to some group some club, some, they just, we just have a need to belong, to be wanted and needed by someone. And this is where we find the guardians. I want you to watch this second clip. I call this clip, I call you my friends. Watch this with us. did you learn to do that? Pretty sure the answer is I am Groot. The flight deck is 300 meters this way. I want you all to know that I am grateful for your acceptance after my blunders. It is pleasing to once again have friends. All right, little touching moment there. Drax the Destroyer getting all sentimental. I love it. There they are about to take on this guy, Ronan, and uh, there they are having a moment. And uh, Groot does his little firefly thing, and they're like, where'd you learn? You know, and everything he says is, you see that? I am Groot. You know, so if he wants to say yes, it's I am Groot. Hey, do you want to go to lunch with me, Groot? I am Groot. And, you know, somehow Rocket understands everything he's saying. He like, carries on a conversation, and then and every, I am Groot, and he's like, yeah, I know, but they're over there, you know. So it's really, really weird. How that happens. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. I'm going to read in two different versions because I love uh, what the message, how the message version uh, puts this. Uh, but you'll, you'll recognize the NLT version of this, the New Living Translation version of the, these two verses. It says, Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a specific function, so it is with, the Christ, with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. We have a need to belong, folks. It's the message version of that, all right? It says, in this way, we are like various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we are talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body, but as a chopped off finger, a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much. So since we find ourselves fashioned into all all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts of Christ's body. Let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. We have a need to belong. 
oft-quoted scripture, Hebrews 10, 24, 25. It's what our, our name Stir is based off of for those students who didn't know that. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. They had a need to belong, and they had finally found their crew. Their crew. They belonged to each other, even though they couldn't have been more different. And they had different goals in mind when they came together. But they were united under the goal of saving the galaxy. A bunch of criminals, thugs, lowlifes were called out for a specific purpose, and they finally found where they belong. The third faith lesson I learned from this movie uh, was simply we are group. Love and sacrifice. What happens, and we're going to see this in this next clip, what happens is they are, um, they're, they're on this Ronan's ship, and they have seemingly taken out Ronan. But the ship is crashing, and they're going to die. I want you to watch this clip with me. John chapter 15, verses 13 through 16. And the message says this. This is my command. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I am no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master's thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything 
I've heard from the Father. You didn't cho- choose me. Remember, I chose you. Put, your, put you in a world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command. Love one another. You know, bottom line is that we see a beautiful picture of the sacrifice of Jesus in what Groot did for the other guardians. Uh, You notice the cross imagery there as he began to sprout these little, you know, twigs everywhere. And uh, that's the first thing that jumped out at me is that uh, they went from being strangers, thugs, doing their own thing for their own purposes to becoming selfless, selfless because they were united under one purpose. More than anything, I believe the story teaches us that uh, about the sacrificial love that Jesus uh, gave out and poured out for us on the cross. That acceptance and community that comes along with knowing Christ is the goal this morning. The guardians were five very different individuals who came together for a single purpose and they became like a little family. So much so that Groot sacrifices himself so that the others can live. But in the parallel to Jesus' story, Groot didn't stay dead. You know, the, the ship crashed and, you know, burst into a million pieces and there are little splinters of Groot all over the ground. And Rocket is mourning his friend. They're all mourning his friend. Um, but there's this final clip I want to show you. The resurrection of Groot. Show it. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? A bit of both? We'll follow your lead, Star Lord. Yeah, it's okay to clap for Groot. He was getting down. In this story, we find that God loves and uses misfits, outcasts like us, like you and me. And if you, if you don't think you're an outcast or a misfit, we, we need to take a look at our sin nature. 
it doesn't take long to figure out that we are outcasts. We have been, because of our sin, we have been separated from God the Father. God looks to draw you and me in with his grace this morning, this morning. We also see the need we all have to belong. We find that a sense of community and family only come through knowing Jesus. No matter what social club you belong to, no matter who your best friends are, no matter what group you run with, acceptance, community, and the eternal value of that only come through Jesus Christ. Are you hearing me this morning? Only through knowing Jesus. We find our acceptance. We find who we are. We find our purpose. We find uh, our future in knowing Jesus. Only in knowing Jesus as, a part of, as, as we become a part of the body of Christ. Finally, we see a beautiful picture of the sacrifice of Jesus through Groot's sacrifice and saving the others. The sacrifice that Jesus made has given us life and purpose. He has united the scattered exiles. And, it all, and he offers the misfits a new start and a future. We have been saved by his death and his resurrection. God has pursued us with a relentless and patient love. Only in knowing him do we find purpose. We find our niche. We find life. We find everything we were meant to be. The guardians, it took a while for them to figure out what they were meant to do, who they were meant to be. But they found it in adverse circumstances, and they found their purpose. And because of that, I want to spend my life pursuing God like he pursues me. He's loved me with a patient love. I'm an outcast. I'm an exile because of my sin. But he has pursued me, relentlessly pursued me. And I, I just, I, I, the imagery I have is I want to dive into that ocean that ocean of grace. I want to swim in it. I want to sink in it this morning. You know, let's, for me and you, I think it comes down to drawing even closer to Jesus this morning and finding our purpose in life in him, finding forgiveness, redemption in the sacrifice that he made. It's a beautiful picture, uh, unexpected picture, from this movie that's mostly humor and, and sci-fi action to find that story of love and sacrifice and death and resurrection and new life is amazing. In Jesus, we find our hope. We find our purpose. We find life. That's the gospel, folks. That's the gospel. According to Guardians of the Galaxy. Let's pray. This morning... We are so thankful uh, that you have redeemed us. You have called us out from uh, whatever mess we were living in or are living in currently. God, you have called us out according to your purpose. You've redeemed the exile and you've given us new life. Father, I pray as, as, as we enter in a time of worship um, that we would just sink deep into your ocean of love and your grace because you have pursued us and we desire to turn around and reciprocate that and pursue you as well Father I pray that for the broken hearted in here I pray for those who came in with 
not much hope, not much purpose. God, I pray that you would give them hope and purpose and only through knowing you. God, I pray uh, for those of us in here that don't really have a community to belong to, don't have a group to belong to, and don't really have any sense of belonging whatsoever. I pray that they would find it in you. But at at the center of it, I pray that what would be central is the cross of Christ, the redemption that comes from knowing Jesus. It's in your name we pray.